Welcome back. It's the Mostly NBA podcast. It's 2018, and uh, it's good to be back here, and it's especially good for Aiden because we didn't have to start this episode with the soundbite of him saying that Oklahoma had no chance to win the national championship. I was planning on using that because I thought they really did have a chance, um, especially watching that game. I told you it wasn't happening. Here he goes. I told you. But... Did you have second thoughts when it was overtime? I mean, I got nervous. I'm not going to say I didn't get nervous, but I mean, it wasn't. Even if they would, even if they had pulled out a win against Georgia, they weren't beating Alabama. That wasn't happening. And I, I think that's kind of what we all agreed on, actually, the yeah. last time. So I didn't really think Oklahoma was going to win it. But if they beat Georgia, who I had actually picked to win it, I thought, uh, you know, anything can happen in one game. But that's where I want to start. I want to start with the college football playoff. Um, and this is an NBA show, but and we we have a lot of NBA to get to. But this is you know the biggest part of the football season. Um, you know we were coming off the college football playoff, coming off the championship, and headed into the Super Bowl right around the corner. So I want to get your guys' thoughts on the playoff, just real quick. Um, you know that that Alabama Clemson beatdown in the first round, that amazing Rose Bowl, and then you know in the final, obviously, um, just an insane ending to that game. With uh, the hero Tua coming in and and uh, writing his name in history books and likely uh, above Jalen Hurts on next year's death chart, so uh, I don't know, Aiden, we'll start with you. What did you think of uh, this, the playoff as a whole? Uh, I thought it was I thought it was really exciting. I mean, definitely, obviously, some people were a little disappointed that it was a SEC matchup, you know. But I I mean, it was a great it was a great game, one for the ages, one that we'll watch 20, 30 years from now. It was a really good game. The Oklahoma Georgia game was an incredible game. That was so much fun to watch. I can't remember having more fun watching a college football game in a long time. The Alabama Clemson game wasn't. It was fine. There was. It wasn't that much fun to Big watch. Big man touchdown. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, overall, I thought. I mean, two out of the three games were truly great, legendary games. I thought that's a great result. You can't really ask for much more than what we got. We got literally two epic overtime games. Like that, like you just said, you can't get much better than that as far as college football on that stage. Uh, it's incredible. I, I got to say, I, I thought I'd expect a little bit more um, out of Clemson. Just the way the season kind of turned down the second half, they were really steamrolling people. You know, you had Miami, um, the ACC championship game, and just how they played down the stretch. Uh, things were really coming together. I thought they played a little bit better against Bama, but um, they just shut them down. And obviously the two epic games, Oklahoma and Georgia, man, what a, what a slingshot. I did not expect... Uh, Georgia's defense to give up that many points, honestly, but it is what it is. But they pulled it through, and obviously Alabama and Georgia. My goodness, did you guys see that at all in the second half? I mean, I, it's did you expect that out of Tua? Did you think it would actually happen though? I, once I saw him come in after like two or three throws, I was like, okay, Alabama's winning this game. I, I saw him throwing it with confidence and with accuracy. And and they were trusting in him. They realized that they had to throw the ball, and he came in and slung it. And I, two three throws into it, I was like, Alabama's winning this game. Okay, then I'll admit to the fact that I thought that was a huge mistake, and I didn't see keeping him in either. I could not believe when Saban made the move, and I was really astounded when he kept him in because he made a lot of really stupid freshman mistakes that I just don't think there's room for in a national championship. And then, of course, he proved me wrong. I was literally in the middle of trashing him to my roommate as he, <laughs> as he took that sack, and then he threw the game winner in the middle of my sentence. So I I was just completely floored by that entire game. It was a great game. Um, I think 
I think the difference between Clemson and the rest of the teams in the playoff, um, especially Georgia, the difference there between two opponents that Alabama had, Clemson rolled over when Alabama started showing signs of hope. Georgia didn't really let them get into it. Like Alabama had to really keep working, you know, obviously up until the end. It didn't really seem like Alabama had sweeping momentum, whereas in the Georgia game, you know, they, they made a play, I believe it was a 10-3 game at the time before the, um, what's the dude's name, the the tackle who made the interception, Duran Payne. Before the Duran Payne interception, I think it was 10-3, to as soon as he intercepted that, it was like a wave swept over that game and Clemson had nothing and it, they, they totally looked like they rolled over, they by the time it was a three-score game, it was obviously over. Even when it was a two-score game, I didn't even believe Clemson was going to score that much. Like they the just rest didn't of the game. seem like, to really have any. They didn't have anything. Yeah, and that was the difference they between no them and juice. Georgia. It was just in in Georgia's two games. You know, very obviously. You know, Matt just said two overtime games. What two out of three playoff games were overtime games? That was insane. Like I felt sick, and I wasn't even a fan of any of the teams. Like watching those games, it was just it was amazing. Um, but Georgia. You know, they were, for their first time being there and in the biggest game in, you know, arguably Georgia program history, they showed so much uh, maturity, I guess, is the word, because they they were so tough about it. That, that was just a huge difference that I that I noticed in these games. And I was uh, I was pretty surprised that Clemson uh, would come out that way. I want to move into the NFL real quick. Uh, college football playoff was great. It continues to work very well. Um, I don't really see expanding it for now. I don't. Um, I don't like the idea of expanding it because we talked. We talked I about think, the conference championship thing. I think four is honestly the perfect amount. Yeah, one of the big Power Five conferences is always going to get left out, and it does make it very hard. But that also makes those conference. those four spots so valuable. Yeah, I mean it's it's better than the two that we had four years ago, you know? Right. Um, and then when you make it eight, that's just, I, I feel like it kind of devalues it because then truly any, like any top 25 or 30 football team can beat another top 25 or 30 football team on any given week. And then I feel like it would become further away from, yeah, that was actually the best team this year. You know, like I feel like the college football playoff, how it's structured now, the best team is winning the game, is winning the championship for the most part. I, I like I can't really pick out any year where I'm like, yeah, that team was not the best team that and year. Another thing coming off that that this just proves is like, you know, all the people that got upset when Ohio State made it in, you know, as the four seed went on to win the championship, all the people that were so upset, the same Ohio State fans that were so upset about Alabama making it in. And, you know, we talked about this in the last um, episode where, like, you can't be mad because Penn State – yeah, they Penn did the State same thing to won, Penn State. Yeah, the Penn last State year. won the Big Ten championship last year, but Ohio State was and still won the head to head. Yeah, yeah. So, but I think this wipes out. There's no argument. Alabama obviously deserved to be in it, and you know, I know that that's easy to say now that they've won the championship. But I'm just saying, like, I mean, they were obviously one of the four best teams, and they've proven that they were the best team, um, other than UCF. I'm just kidding. I hate that whole thing. National chance. The fact the that they're raising a banner makes me sick. Oh, it's funny. If they took it way too far. No. All right, no. should we talk I about the, the NFL? Yeah. Okay, so the NFL, we've got the Super Bowl right around the corner. Uh, we're coming off the conference championships, uh, and the Super Bowl is going to be the Eagles and the Patriots, no and it's one not cares. one that I don't think any of us here are excited about. Uh, I'm pissed. 
I hate it. I'm not pissed. It's I'm just kind of indifferent. We won't ask Matt about this because Matt is coming off a jarring loss as a Jaguars fan. Uh, I'm just going to go cry in this corner real quick. I think that the Jaguars have nothing to be ashamed of. That, that they Even in that game, I don't even I, I wouldn't even consider them blowing that game. It was a I, tough game to the end. I, sure, the Patriots came back, but it wasn't like some it wasn't like a Falcons-Patriots kind of deal. Yeah. It was a young team against Tom Brady. Like, I don't they, think they have anything to be ashamed of. But Jaguars fans and Jaguars players should be pissed because they they had, should be pissed. They, yes, they should absolutely be pissed because they had that game, and I wouldn't say they blew it, but they should have won it off of their own talent, and then they also should have won it if the refs didn't. Well, yeah, let's talk. Refs, that, that's the big the story refs here. Messed up. The, that was one of the worst officiated games I've seen, and not all season, but in a in a few weeks, it, that was bad. The Miles Jack fumble recovery, that's a touchdown if they don't blow it dead for some ghost reason that they didn't even exactly. explain. explain. Then that A.J. Bouye pass interference was honestly more of offensive pass interference than it was defensive pass interference. That, and it wasn't even a catchable ball that they they then threw a flag on, and, and then the Patriots score a touchdown two plays later. That's a 14-point swing right there off of two very simple plays that I don't think you can really argue with and how often was new england penalized new england had one penalty one penalty which ties the record for fewest penalties in an afc championship game since the patriots they had yeah. one penalty in 2010 <laughs> and they beat the ravens and i'm sorry i i don't believe in a whole conspiracy theory that people are saying but that's ridiculous I, no one can go an entire that was a physical game that was no one can go that physical of a game with one penalty and also, another stat for you guys, the Jaguars were the least penalized defense in the entire NFL all season long. They only had nine defensive penalties for the entire season, including playoffs. Which is insane also considering how physical that defense exactly. is. Exactly. And they only had five pass interference penalties all season long. And in one game, the refs give them three. I'm sorry. I mean, I, I don't believe in conspiracy theories. I don't think the refs called it to make the Patriots win or anything. But that was bad. I don't care if you're a Patriots fan. You have to admit on some level that that was bad and you're not winning that game without the help of the officials. Tom Brady played great. The Patriots played great. They, they'll win. I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. But... You can't. You have to admit that the, they do not win that game without the help of the officials. Well, here's here's what I want to bring up against that point. You know, if we take the refs out of it, does the play offset any of that enough to the point where you think New England would have won that game anyway? They, no, it, I, no. But listen to me. End of the fourth quarter, the Jaguars had the ball several times and they didn't move an inch. Yeah, the final five minutes of the game, the Patriots outplayed the Jaguars. I'm not denying and, and that's not, not that's not two minutes. That's like four or five possessions. That's undeni I can't no one can deny that the final five, six, seven minutes of the game, the Patriots that's outplayed. That's a big the chunk Jaguars. of time. You're not gonna but, you're not gonna overlook but, a whole six minutes. I get that. But if the refs make two correct calls, the Jaguars would have been up. 20, 27 to 10 in the final six minutes is irrelevant. There's no way they would Irrelevant. It's not irrelevant. You're up. Do you think Tom Brady's There's, there's no way you're coming back 27 10. Minutes. It wasn't five minutes. It, it was, was like nine, nine minutes. minutes. There's no way, dude. There's, there's no but, way. Okay, even before, 17 points in nine minutes is totally not, not, dude, not I, impossible I, I see that, for Tom but Brady at home. You okay, might, think about this, though. 
instead of instead of it being a 14-10 game at the half, and then if you realize the Jaguars pretty much then limped off the field, right? They lived off the field and coming out of the second half, they were way more on the defensive. They they weren't aggressive anymore on offense. They were just they they were way less aggressive in the second half because now it was only a 14-10 game. They were dominating the Patriots. Also, if that pass interference play doesn't happen, the Jaguars get the ball back with about a minute and a half in the second quarter. All I'm saying is the the they go into half 14 to 3, and the Jaguars still feel like they're dominating. But instead, they go into half 14 to 10, and the Jaguars start to feel like, wait, we actually can be beaten by this team. But you know what? That halftime thing, that's their fault. They they chose to then What? It's their fault yeah, that they no, came I get, out. I get it. The, you know, trying to trying to run time and stuff. I'm not stuff. saying that the Jaguars. You said they were being aggressive and they were killing the Patriots. Exactly. Keep doing it. I'm so what if it's 14? I'm not saying that the Jaguars played a perfect game. What I'm saying is, is without those two calls, the Jaguars are up 14 to three, and then without the other call, they're up 27 to 10. The 27 to 10 one I understand more because at halftime you have to make adjustments, and if it was working and and you were pushing the way they were running, you know. Not not running the ball all the time, you know. You come out aggressive and maybe it keeps working. I don't know. Like, no, I, like, I, 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 I feel, I'm not saying that the so, Jaguars played this perfectly, but what I'm saying is that's a 14 point swing in a four point game. I mean, um, Matt, do you have an opinion as a Jaguar? Okay, I mean, offer this to him lightly. <laughs> let's 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 first start out with your Jaguars fan. So you're obviously a little biased here. I am not a fan of either team, so I feel like I'm pretty. Great, I'm not a huge Patriots lover. I, I, it's annoying at this point, but I, I feel like I'm being pretty impartial. Matt also is – Mike, sorry, Michael is also impartial here. How do you feel as a Jax fan? I feel – my whole opinion on it is – I mean, there's – obviously, look, at the end of the day, it can't come down to the refs. Um, at the end of the day, they should have done different schemes in the second half, and they didn't. They consistently tried to – you know, they not necessarily ran away from the run game too, but tried to – I don't know, just questionable calls where they kind of got away from what they've been doing they, all season. They stopped going outside yeah, also, yeah. which was working so well in the first half, and they just started doing mm. a dive. Uh, 60% yeah. of their play calls was, was just, just a straight. Dive. Yeah, exactly. That's that's another thing that pissed me off. Another thing, too, they utilized Corey Grant so much in the first half, and, and that's gone. When he second. gets the ball, dude, he's the fastest guy on the field, no matter who you're facing, dude. I, I thought they should have utilized him a little bit more. There's no way, dude. If, if Miles Jack scores that touchdown, it's game. That's game, dude. That's like and you can. That's twenty-seven ten, dude. There's no way Tom Brady might drive the length of the field one time, maybe twice on that team. There's no way he's scoring three times on that defense. There's no way. That's game, dude. And and Michael, also, I'm not saying that it's all because of those two plays in the refs. Regardless, I'm mostly playing devil's advocate yeah, here. I just want yeah, to bring up these yeah. points. I, I don't mean, think regardless, that- regardless of those two plays, the Jaguars should have won with that happening. They mishandled the yeah, final seven minutes absolutely. of the game, and they should have won regardless of that. And they should be mad at themselves for not winning the game. But Jaguars fans and Jaguars players do have a very valid argument about that game is is over if not for the refs. Yeah, I think they certainly have a case against the refs. I, I don't actually think that a 27-10 game is lost by Jacksonville's With, defense in the nine minutes. I just yeah. think it's possible. I don't think that it was absolutely so. written off in pen game. I mean, even but, that, even that, uh, the Atlanta game. That was that was a whole second half. Which Atlanta game? The Super Bowl last year. Okay. The yeah the the, the Patriots like I've heard like oh they came back like I made a similar argument to someone else 
who's a Patriots fan about 17 points, nine minutes left. You're not winning that. And he brought up the Atlanta game last year. That was a whole half of mismanagement by the Falcons and of dominance by the Patriots in nine minutes against the number one defense in the NFL and the best running game in the NFL. It's not, that's not happening. It's not. Well, I mean, I want to say it should set us up for an exciting Super Bowl, but it's not. (laughs) No one here cares about the Super Bowl. It's Nick Foles against Tom Brady. No (laughs) one likes the Patriots. No one likes the Eagles. Which is why I'm going to go on record as saying the Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Let's go for it. Okay. Let's go crazy. Something I want to bring up here. This is really random, but this is a thought I had. I work with kids. I've worked with kids for the last four or five years. And when I was a kid... When I was their age, you know, second grade, third grade, I remember being really into the the NFL stars. You know, all, all the kids in my class, we would talk about the NFL teams, you know, things in football. And now you don't hear any of that. What you do hear is all the kids know a lot about the NBA. They know all the players. They know all the teams. How much of that is due to their, you know, them playing 2K, you know, because that's such a, a huge game franchise. And how much of it do you think is a change in the magnitude of star power that these leagues have and also based on you know how marketable they are to younger audiences like it does it surprise you to hear that like i don't know about when you guys were younger nfl was huge where i went to school like everybody talked about football um i remember you know we would play madden like we would talk about like uh you know terrell owens and those eagles teams with donovan McNabb and all that and now it's like i always just hear kids talking about basketball and i wonder if you guys are surprised to hear that I'm absolutely not surprised. I think if you look at the other leagues, I don't know if you guys agree with this, but would you say that the NBA, as far as star power, has the most star power? Just because it's one guy can change a team like that. Absolutely. I mean, in the NBA, if you have the best player on the court, you're going to win the game a lot of the time. In football, you could have the best player of all time, and you could lose if everyone else on the team sucks. So, And also, I mean, there's a lot of differences between, like, the NBA. I mean, you see their faces when they're playing. The NFL, you never – they're wearing helmets. You don't you – don't, That's a good point. You I, don't see them. I mean, for me, growing up in L.A., we didn't have a football team, so basketball definitely was bigger. Um, so, I mean, it doesn't really surprise me with the growth of basketball. And, I mean, football's declining a tiny bit, but not, not really that much. But fo- basketball is growing. It's the biggest it's been since – what since the Michael Jordan era, so I, I mean it doesn't surprise me that it that it's growing and and that it's developing more interest in a young age. It's on TV all the time. They've got a lot of shows dedicated to it. I think the stars all have very recognizable, you know, faces. They're in commercials all the time. But you know, do you think that they have more recognizable stars? You know, more so than in two thousand four when absolutely, Kobe, Shaq. Yeah. I mean, because then it was Kobe and Shaq. And Is that it? You think? I mean. There's Tracy McGrady, who's a great player, but I'd say I don't think he's a top 10 player in the league in today. So it's not like, you know, today's LeBron, Durant, Curry, Harden, those kinds of stars. Yeah, that, Westbrook. You know, like, you know, they're in every commercial. They're, yeah. and, and also, how much how much does social media play a part in Huge this? part. That's a big Huge role. Huge part, yeah. yeah. Because you see so much, there, there's so much more of an opportunity for the NBA to get its name and its face across screens than it was when it was just TV screens that, you know, everybody's on social media, especially kids. Yeah. <laughs> kids are, are all over, you know, you know, I, now I'm talking like 12 year old, that kind of thing, like up through middle school, you know, Twitter is very much targeted at people who are younger 
and you know can be influenced by a lot of these graphics a lot of these like you know short clips things like that it's it's very uh instantaneous and i think that that is just something that nba does better far better than any other league so that was just a topic i wanted to bring up because i I noticed that in, in, in the past year or so um Kids are always, always talking about the NBA, and that was never the case when I was uh, when I was a kid. So let's take a quick break. Um, we've transitioned over to NBA. Uh, it's good to get the football stuff out of the way, and when we come back, we will dive further into midseason of the NBA. <laughs> with the mostly nba podcast um what we're gonna do now is something that we don't usually do we usually do our top five rankings uh closer to the end of the episode but there's some other stuff we want to get to so we haven't picked um an order here but as it sits today late january we have uh the five best teams in the nba i think the locks are the golden state warriors the houston rockets and the boston celtics and then coming in those last two spots we decided that the toronto raptors and minnesota timberwolves have been playing well enough and have kept up in the races as they've started to, um, you know, get some space. You know, some of these, the teams at the top have gotten space from the teams that are, you know, the seven and eight seeds. And the Raptors and the Wolves have done a really good job staying with them. So I think uh, they deserved those fourth and fifth spots. Um, do you guys want to rank them? Like, do we want to put them in order? Uh, I mean, I'm fine. I think I'm that's always, the order. I'm always up for, no. No. Well, here we go. Okay. Uh, Michael, you know I'm going to disagree with anything you say. <laughs> Golden State. Houston, Boston. I say, I, say I think that's the top three order. I'd say Houston. Houston just beat Golden State yesterday, like two two days ago. So they've beaten them two out of three games. Okay. Clint Capella thinks so. By the way, I'd say Houston. The Warriors are going to beat them in the playoffs. I'm not saying they aren't, but currently at this time, I would I would I would rank the Rockets above the Warriors simply because they're two and one against them. And they beat them literally two days ago. So I can't not, you can't not, uh, like they just played heads up. If, yeah. With the Rockets missing a starter and like their eighth man in the rotation. So like, I don't. If uh, we're strictly talking like power rankings, literally as of right now, I don't know how you can bet against Houston at number one. Yeah, now we can I, we can have our opinions oh, so on you, who's going to win would the also playoff. Houston one? If, if we're speaking strictly like right now, right this now, season, right rankings. now. Get out of here, Michael. What are you doing? No, I've got, like, I've got Golden State. That doesn't I mean, mean I, we don't I, think, I respect your opinions. We both think that Golden State's going to win the playoffs. <laughs> I'm kidding. Like, how is this ranking being like, you know what I mean? I still feel like right now, are we putting, like, how are we basing this, though? Like, I mean, I'd say. I'd, there, there's no basis. Come on. We're just, <laughs> what we're are just we talking. We're three college kids. There's yeah. no basis. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think. The Warriors are going to beat them in the playoffs. We don't have to yeah. rank them. Yeah, we do have to rank them, don't we? Don't yeah, we? We, it, have to, it, we have to do it. it. I think it's I'll go with you guys. I'll, throw, okay. I'll respect you guys. I'll I mean, I still think it's going to be a Warriors-Cavs finals, but... No. I, but... Nope. But I do think that the Rockets are the better team currently at this second today. Okay. Boston, third? Yeah. I don't feel great about it, though. Yeah, they haven't just... I don't know. Yeah. I'll throw it in there. I mean, I think they are. It's just... Yeah. For um, me, I think just clearly, though, I just want to say the Rockets and the Warriors are above and beyond and everyone shoulders. else yeah. in the NBA right now. Yes. 
Like the Celtics aren't in. I don't think tier. I don't think they're head and shoulders over over Boston. I think they're head over Boston. I, I think they're head and shoulders I, over everyone else I outside say, of Boston. I would say there's a top tier of there's the Warriors and Golden State. There's another tier that no one exists in. And then there's a third tier that is then like the Celtics and the Raptors. And I would agree with that, honestly. If you, it, 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 that surprises me that you'd put the Celtics in with the Raptors. I mean, I'm just saying in general, like, I think the Raptors are going to lose in the second round also. But I'm just saying yeah. right now they're playing good basketball. Like, I'd, I think the third tier is a group of like six teams. Okay. Minnesota, San Antonio. Like Minnesota, San Antonio, Oklahoma City, Boston, Raptors. And even though the Cavs are playing terribly, they're like I would put them in that tier, not power rankings wise, but they're I, in I that put the Cavs tier. like an inch below that. It's scary what's happening to the Cavs, no, and I want to say something real quick. It's like DJ they just for gave, you, Michael. They just gave up 150 points. That's bad in a regular season game that That's didn't go terrible. to overtime. That's ridiculous. That's there. Some There's big honestly changes no coming. excuse for that. There are big changes coming to Cleveland. Thompson's going to be right gone. J.R. Smith's going to be gone. Tyron Lue going to be gone. He he won't be, but he should be. He won't be gone though. Fair enough. Um, is LeBron gone <laughs> after the season? Or yes. no, not the trade deadline? He's not, certainly not. not. LeBron, no, after, LeBron after and Kevin season. Love are the only things about this team that work, and maybe some of the role playing abilities of like Jay Crowder and I think Jeff I think Green is my favorite player on the Cavs right now. So <laughs> trade everyone except for Dwayne Wade. Just base the team around. Dwayne oh, Wade. oh, that's the other thing. Wade's been playing really well off the bench as uh, as that sixth man, which is a really weird sentence. But um, so then do we have the Raptors? I, I, I want to put Minnesota. Minnesota. Four, four. I kind of okay. feel Minnesota. I'm yeah. okay with that. Yeah. Yeah, they've been playing great, and they've yeah. been able to win like without Jimmy Butler. Yeah, and and I want to say that I'm putting them there just because like I'm sick of the Raptors playing well and then not really being that great. They're just such a gross team. <laughs> I mean, gross. No, is, I know, I know what you mean. Gross is a strong word, and like someone could take that wrong, but like you get what I mean. Like, yeah, they're, they're gross because that this is what they are. They're, they're not getting any better. They're and, like, very. They've been the same thing for four years. They're a very good regular season team. They get the three or the four seed, and then they lose in the second round. Right? Are are they any different? Like, no, no. Demar Derozan's a very good player. Kyle Lowry's a very good player. <laughs> I I I mean, they're gonna lose in the second round of the playoffs. I would bet. My life savings. I can't wait, by the way, till we get towards the playoffs and we do these episodes, because there's going to be some hot takes flying. You know, the semester's <laughs> out before like we even get close to the playoffs, though, aren't we? No, the playoffs start. Playoffs will start towards when the semester ends. Oh, okay. So yeah. I mean, I might but, be like, here like, for semester for the first semester for of summer. I don't know what I'll be doing. I'm. S- I have to go into the real world. <laughs> but I don't this know. Is it, man, we got to get jobs, Mike. Summer, I know. But um. Oh God, that's scary. Right. Um. Okay, so uh, so that's the top five. I think is Timberwolves four, Raptors five, and, and then, then outside that OKC. Right after, right outside of that is is the is OKC, the Spurs, and the Heat. The Heat have been playing really good some basketball. great. If guys, if you have not been watching the Heat, you need to watch the Heat. They've been playing great team basketball. For those people who haven't watched the Heat, what is one thing that you point to? As someone who does watch the Heat, what's give me the one reason? They play great team basketball. It's, that's literally it. It's, it's not team effort. It's, it's not, not one guy. One guy. Yeah. I mean, they don't have a top. I would say even like twenty-five or thirty player in the NBA. They just play great team basketball. They're tenacious. They play good defense. They never give up. They're not the most offensively creative team, and that that's honestly the only thing that that gets them at times. But when their shooters are shooting well, they can beat anyone in the NBA. Now that uh, I still think I think Spolstra they, brand, 
of basketball. Exactly. I think I still think I think they lose in the second round of the playoffs. Um, but I mean, if I'm the Celtics, I don't want to play the Heat in the second round because the Heat are the four seed right now. The Celtics are the one seed. I think the Heat beat the Wizards in the second round in the first round. I do not want to play the Heat in the second round. Personally, I'd much. I never want to play the Wizards, though. I said the Wizards are my disappointment right now. They should be so much better, dude. They only and they always should be, but but they they still have that ability to win in the play. They showed it. Yeah, yeah. Through two years ago, last Last year, year, arguably game seven, fourth quarter goes their way. They're in the conference finals. It's a very different Boston team. Yeah, I'm not talking about Boston though. I'm talking about the Wizards' ability. They can look really bad even in the season at times, but they've got so much talent that. That's true. I mean, in you a never Cavs, know. in a Cavs type of way, I think I think they could. You get the, to the playoffs, and it can it cannot matter what you did in the regular season when they've got yeah a rotation like that. Their bench needs to be better for sure. But. I mean, I, out of, honestly, out of the top five teams, I'd rather play the Raptors in the playoffs than they're the two. Seed oh right no, now. the Raptors are a team you want to play in the playoffs because yeah. eventually they are going to lose. That's the thing. Like there, you can depend on them to lose yeah. in the playoffs. So it, it, whether it be the first round or the second round, it you know that's yeah. a good matchup for most teams. Because the, the Raptors don't have a, a singular thing that makes them a tough matchup. Like the Bucks last year, they were their length was was very mm-hmm. hard for teams, and Toronto struggled with it before you know eventually beating them. But that's something you know. There's an example of something there. The Heat, you say they play great team basketball. If you don't have the defense that can keep up with fast ball movement, that can be you know trouble. The Raptors just you're right. They're gross. They they're they're just they're what just they are. Gross. Yeah, they're so. an above average team. They'll they're a team that we remember now, and we will remember like twenty five years from now vaguely, but like no one will ever talk about them. 15, yeah, 15, 20 years from now, this era, this brand of the Raptors, the past four, five, six years of DeRozan and Kyle Lowry, will never be talked about. 10 Do you years think from that now. the Toronto Raptors franchise peak was being tied two two in the conference finals with the Cavs? Absolutely. Yeah, okay. they're not with their current construction. They're not going to get past the second round. What they need to do is is kind of blow it up and just rebuild around DeRozan. Which I they're mean, not. They're keep, not keep DeRozan, but blow everything else up. Honestly, I, I honestly don't even think that if, if it gets if it gets to the point where you're getting drastic enough to blow it all up, I don't even think DeRozan's worth keeping. <laughs> I mean, I think you could get some nice pieces for with Kyle Lowry potentially. Zombs. Yeah, yeah, you could. But I, would it matter? Would they be nice enough? <laughs> no. To replace a really good guard and then also something else that they're missing now. <laughs> which, no. You know, which is what we but said I mean, before. You, you can't to... be a great team and win the championship when your two best players are your guards. Yeah. So. I think you need a wing. You absolutely need a wing. And yeah. I don't think DeRozan is enough of one. Yeah. But he is playing really well. I mean, you can't take that No, he's a really good him. player. Yeah. And they're a really good team. <laughs> and then on the in the Western Conference, the Thunder have been playing great. Of course, when I gave up on the Thunder in our last podcast, then they start playing incredible. It's funny how November does that when, yeah. <laughs> when you're five months away from the playoffs or whatever. And I think really what they started doing was they let Russell Westbrook be the lead dog. You know, they, they allowed him to be – they originally they were like – Hey, we'll split this 33% each way, guys, right? You know, Carmelo, you get your shots. Paul George, you get your shots. Russell Westbrook, you get your shots. But now it's like, okay, no, Russell Westbrook is our one. Paul George is our two. And Carmelo Anthony is our three. It's not a 1A, 1B, and a two. It's not a one, a two, and a 2A. It's a one, two, three. That's the way it has to be, too. They couldn't continue to play that way. Like, I I get that, too, and Russell – 
you know, just acquiring these guys, you're trying to spread the ball around and get the feel for them, but someone was going to have to step up and take the lead role, and that's what Russell's done over the last month or so. I want to talk about Westbrook. I want to move this into our first love-hate, which is Russell Westbrook's game, because I absolutely hate it. I can't stand watching him bring the ball up, pass it to a wing, and wait for it to get back to him before he inevitably chucks a three or tries to dunk. Like... And especially when the wings that you're passing to are ball-dominant players like Paul George and Carmelo Anthony, I cannot watch the Oklahoma City Thunder play offense. It disgusts me. So I want to ask you guys. <laughs> it's disgusting. I hate it. I can't, I can't watch that. I can't watch him stand there, wait to get the ball back, and then, and then chuck, chuck a shot. Because let's face it, yes, he takes a lot of shots. Yes, he's a great scorer. But he does not take the best shots all the time. So I don't know. What do you guys think of, of Westbrook's game and the Thunder's offense as a whole? It's just part of it, dude. Like we, I feel like we've talked about this before. It's just like it's who he is, dude. Like you're gonna get those high moments, well, and that's you're what gonna get that I mean, moment. It's who he is. So do you like, like me, it? For me, it's two things. I, I mean, it's so much fun watching him play. Yeah, that's it's what so gets much us. fun just watching him run a thousand miles an hour down the court and just dunking slam it on down your throat. Face. Yeah, it's so much fun to watch. But, and he will never win a championship. Oh, hot take. As I mean, and maybe if he's like 35, 36 and he's the sixth best and he's like the sixth man. But a Russell Westbrook team. team. I'm saying like a Russell Westbrook led team will never win a championship. That's a hot take. It can't be done. It won't happen. It's just the way he plays and the position yeah, he plays. You just can't. He, yeah. he will never win a championship until he's like in his late 30s and he's a six man coming off the bench for like another great team like do you think it would have happened if say that thunder team goes another two years with durant harden and westbrook or does that not count as a westbrook led team that's not a westbrook led team because westbrook didn't become like no everyone shut up i'm the guy until those guys were gone until durant's second to last year with the thunder before that I think it was pretty much, okay, this is Durant's team. Westbrook, you're a great player, but this is Durant's team. And Durant's second to last year is when I first really saw Russell Westbrook. And I'm not saying it was an ego thing, just how he played really, truly started to come out more and more of, this is my team, this is my ball. And then it really came to foot Durant's last year. I never thought Westbrook would elevate his game to this level. I mean, I, ne- I never saw him being an MVP, seeing him, saw him being the kind of guy who was, you know, averaging a triple-double every night. So, I mean, you can't envision anyone averaging No, a I know, but, but the thing night. is, and I, I think what tricked me was their youth. Like you had said it earlier, they all peaked by the time they were like 22. Not peaked, but like yeah. gotten to such yeah, a huge, uh, great level. So I think them being so young um, and... You know, being so good and forgetting the forgetting thunder. the fact that you know for the next five years their game is still developing. Yeah. So I didn't see that coming because I just overlooked it, and because they were so good so soon, I just kind of thought they were what they were. And then to think, think now, I, I don't think it would work. But that Westbrook, Harden, Durant team, and I know people talk about that all the time. Oh, like, oh imagine. But would it be? It would be, but it'd would be it be incredible? I mean, James Harden wouldn't be as good of a player he is now. Yeah. Exactly. Like, they, they've all had would've... so much room to become what they are now Yeah, that maybe they, they don't. Each, I think they each need their own team. <laughs> Which is why I'm saying if they weren't yeah. on their own team, does it? Like, I don't, but like, honestly, it's... but I think if they had never left each other, I think they never would have reached their potential as individuals. I, I think KD could have reached his potential as an individual player on that team with all three of them. 
Harden and Westbrook never would have reached their potential as individual players, but I think they could have reached a higher potential as a team if they never left each other. Because yeah. then I think they would have never realized truly what Westbrook and Harden could have become. I was going to say, because think of how much time... There's not enough time for them all to have the ball that much. If there's three of them that are all, you know, that, as we know them now, MVP caliber superstars. I mean, Harden was the sixth man. He was the sixth man. He was coming off the bench. What are we talking about? That's sick. That's crazy. Like, he was starting for the first time in, in Houston. Yeah. Which is insane. So, um, that, that's an interesting love-hate. So, you guys, I'm guessing, are both on the love Westbrook. I, I love him, but... I've, I've started to dislike him more in the I, I mean, I love him to the point of I love watching him play, but, like, it's not actually good basketball. Like, Do you want Russell Westbrook on the Heat? No. No. Exactly. Okay. No. That's my point. I think in last year... I mean... I think if there's any team and any coach and any organization that could rein Russell Westbrook in, it's two teams. It's the Spurs and Pop, and it's the Heat and Pat Riley and Eric Spolstra. I think those are the only two organizations and coaches that would have any, I'm not saying they could, but could have any semblance of a chance to rein Russell Westbrook in just a little bit and make him a great team basketball Do you think player. Popovich wants him? I don't think he would. I don't think he's a spur. I don't know if that would necessarily fit, but you've seen guys though. I think Popovich would just take talent and turn it into. Yeah. I don't think he would just blindly take talent though. I think that they're very much a team that will, they'll take you on into their organization if you have the the spur mindset. (laughs) I mean, I think that's true, but look at their roster. Look at all those players. There's not a loud mouth on the team or anything like that. I mean, and I'm not saying Westbrook is, but he he just doesn't fit that. Yeah, I, I I agree. I, I don't. I'm just saying. I think Pop. If Pop was was if he was put with Pop, I think Pop would have a chance to make him a great team. I think those Kyrie player. to the Spurs uh, rumors were interesting. Oh, that would have been, been crazy. Been, oh I, I thought goodness. that was really interesting. I wanted to see it happen just to see what it would look like. Yeah. Because I think that could have been because he he's also he's another personality that doesn't really fit the Spurs, but because he's so low key, it might not have mattered. So. I think that's that would have been really interesting. Um, I want to move on to another love-hate, and we'll talk a little bit more about Kyrie. It's this new All-Star Game format. So we have still the uh, you know five starters voted from the West and from the East. You know what? Two in the backcourt, three in the frontcourt, mm-hmm. and then the two leading vote getters, one from each conference, are named captains. And this year, those two leading vote getters were Stephen Curry and LeBron James. Um, these captains then from the crop of starters pick a team of five. And as of right now, there are no plans to have that uh, picking process televised or anything like that. I think everyone I've talked to really wants it to be. But Aiden has something. Well, sorry, just to correct you a little bit, Michael. So they don't just pick from the other starters. They pick from all the reserves as well. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Okay. So that's even better. So, so if you, I mean, I have it on NBA.com really quickly. Um, James, as the overall vote leader, will pick in the first round. Curry will pick in the second round. And picks will alternate until all players have been selected. Okay. That, that's, that makes it better. So I want to get your takes on this. I personally love it. I think it adds something to it. I, I will miss the just strictly East versus West, but not really. <laughs> I mean, it was kind of a cool thing to see just the conference unity, I guess, sort of. But I think this makes it so much more interesting because now you have players picking their teams, and you know LeBron mentioned it, making it you know much more competitive, and they'll be playing to win. Um, and you know, 
LeBron picking first, who does he pick? Is he going to pick Kyrie? You know, it, it's just it's so interesting and it's such a storyline, um, both before and after. Because it's it's really fun to speculate and it'll be really fun to talk about after. So, do you guys love it or do you hate it? I I mean I love it. I think it I think it makes it more competitive. It balances out the teams more. I think it'll be really interesting to see who they pick. I mean, should we run through the starters really quickly? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, so in the Eastern Conference, in the front court, it's LeBron James, Giannis, Attentacumpo, can never say that name, and Joel Embiid. And then the back court is Kyrie Irving and DeMar DeRozan. Then the Western Conference, you got KD, Anthony Davis, and DeMarcus Cousins. And then the back court is Stephen Curry and James Harden. So... I mean, I, I really what like a crop. It. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great. I mean, I'm excited. I think it'll be a really, uh, it'll be a more diverse setting and more diverse teams. Um, and then I think it'll also be really interesting because a lot of relationships and friendships can get made over All Star Weekend of players playing together. You know, they might be like, "Oh, I enjoy playing with this guy." Do you I think it matters really... for future free agency? I think it matters a, not a lot. But a tiny, tiny bit, because also, I mean, you you have a couple of practices together, and I think it's just getting to know one another more could then potentially be, oh, I like I would like to play with that guy. I don't think it has a huge impact, but I do think it's a little bit of, it's a, it, it does have somewhat of an impact of like I I would like to play with that guy. And also think of this, guys like Kevin Durant, like LeBron James, that have changed teams in recent years by ha- having been recruited. It's been from guys in the same conference that they've gotten the chance to play alongside in all, you know all these All Star games. All these guys have been there year after year after year, and you know USA basketball, you know the biggest players. Don't I you, think I USA? Mean, I think USA basketball has a much bigger impact on free agency. It does, than people but it realize. but it doesn't. That's, I think USA basketball is the reason why KD went to the Warriors. I think so too because he was playing with three other Warriors, practicing, playing in scrimmages. And they're traveling together, living in hotel rooms, and they're telling him almost on a daily basis, like, not necessarily pitching to him because that would be annoying, but just like, yeah, this is what we do, and we enjoy doing it, and we're champions. And, like, he was around that so much that I think that that played a huge impact. Yeah, for recruitment purposes, I think that USA Basketball is a, is a much bigger deal than the All-Star game. But, I mean, every every interaction, every, every time you're going to play in a game with other people in the NBA, I think matters, you know like what you're saying, which is even just building those relationships. So I think this is really interesting. I want to ask you guys, if you're LeBron James, um, just out of curiosity, who do you pick? Who's your first pick? KD. Yeah, KD. Okay. Easy. So you don't you don't take a guard to run with you for, for just one game? Bro, you you got the opportunity to play alongside it's KD. LeBron James and Kevin yeah. Durant on the same team. Dude, huh? okay. yeah, absolutely, he's absolutely picking KD. And they're friends. You, like, no, wait, you think he is picking KD, though? Absolutely. Yeah. Not, I'm asking who you would pick. I think oh, you I, are I LeBron pick KD. James. I, if I'm LeBron James, I'm taking KD. Oh, absolutely. And I think he will take KD. Okay, okay. So that's interesting. And then another thing I wanted to bring up. Do you think LeBron James, say he's available with you know the third, the fifth pick, is LeBron going to pick Kyrie Irving? He knows how to play with him. He knows him very well. But there's also obviously the tension, which I think a lot of it is is made up, not made up, but like uh, sensationalized by the media. But um, do you think he picks Kyrie? I don't think he shies away from picking Kyrie, um, because I think that I think for a couple of reasons. One, I don't think he cares that much, and two, because it looks petty if he shies away from picking Kyrie. Like if some, I mean, I don't know how, but things, random things get leaked all the time. Like if it somehow came out that like Kyrie Irving was the last 
draft pick and LeBron still didn't take him and he let him fall to, to Steph like with the last pick, that just looks that just doesn't look good for LeBron. You know? Like I think people Do you think LeBron cares about that? Not really that much. I think LeBron will pick who he's a smart he's one like he's the smartest basketball player. This in is the what NBA. he eventually wants to do too. He'll he'll pick whoever he thinks will make the team better. I don't yeah. think he'll have anything on whether oh I should pick him or oh I shouldn't pick him. Um, yeah. Could I going off of that? How crazy would it be though just to have like the fun of watching Stephen Curry and Kyrie Irving on the same backcourt? Like how crazy would that be? Would that be fun to see those two guys just? To, how that would go? I think that would work pretty well, actually. That's something I'd like to see. Aiden's giving me a look of disagreement. He's now shaking his head. You have, like, head. two of the top sharpshooters in the game in your backcourt. Like, that's that would just be fun to see. For You know, you wouldn't just want to see that? You're I mean, sure it'd be fun. You want to see like, that? I don't care. I'd rather see Steph and James Harden. I don't know. I would. I don't know. I would. I mean, you get one James opportunity Harden's to see those. I mean, I'd like to see that. No, too, no doubt. Really. But that'd just be a cool backcourt to see. In my yeah, opinion. no, I think it'd be, I think be fun. fun. Like, what if you had Harden as your three, too? I mean, it's just like. I would love to see that. It'll be interesting to see how it comes out. And we were talking about this a little bit before the show. Is is Kyrie Irving a great player was the question. And we ended up saying, no, he's a great scorer. And then Aiden wanted to say that he, he wouldn't even put him in the top 10 players in the NBA. I absolutely would put Kyrie in the top 10. Matt, I don't know. W- would you put him in the top 10? If you're if you're ranking players, does Kyrie likely get into your top ten? Probably, but it, it would either probably be honestly near the top of the list, like top yeah. t- top ten or so. So like for me, top, top I feel like absolute confidence, absolute locks that he's not in the top eight, and then in the nine ten range, That's I think I then there's like an argument, but I still wouldn't put him there. Okay, so I want you to go through the painstaking process of naming <laughs> those locks. All right, so this isn't necessarily in particular order. It's semi-ish order, but not really. Um, LeBron, no argument, right? Uh, KD, Steph, James Harden, Giannis, Westbrook, Anthony Davis, and Kawhi Leonard. Those are eight locks that under zero circumstances, I don't think you can even argue to me that you you would take Kyrie over those I eight agree with players. those, yeah. Like, you can't. The closest one for me would be Anthony Davis, but Anthony Davis is younger and I think a more rounded out player. Than is he Kyrie. younger? I think he is. I don't know if he is. Kyrie's relatively young still. Anthony Davis is twenty four, guys. Kyrie's got it. Kyrie's, Kyrie's not much twenty four. He he, I'm be pretty 25. sure he's twenty four, isn't he? Right, isn't he twenty six? Twenty six. He's twenty five. His birthday mm. is in March. Oh, okay. And Anthony Davis is in. March. Okay, so younger, but I mean, by a year by younger. A yeah. Don't take that away from me. <laughs> Um, so those are for me. Those are eight locks. But towards the end of that list, I'm starting to. Those are guys I'm starting to put in the same tier as Kyrie Irving. Yeah. I, like I, who? I mean, Anthony Davis is close. That's it. Kawhi, no. Westbrook, no. Giannis, no. James Harden, no. Steph, no. KD, no. LeBron, no. I mean, we disagree, I guess. But I, I mean, I mean, who of those guys do you think Kyrie's in the same tier with? I don't think he's on the same planet as any of those guys. Same Just planet? as a player or on a team. Same planet. <laughs> Whoa. I mean, he thinks Whoa. the Earth is flat, so he okay, could fall okay. off the planet, man. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> Same um, planet. That, that's, so that's... I'm saying if you're like, that's if you're thing. just ranking players. Okay, ju- just players, is... then you're correct. Then I wouldn't put him over any of those yeah. or even right behind him. But yeah. if I'm picking for a team, a I would I would pick him at the same rate. I would pick like I'm not talking, Giannis. I'm not talking about team building. Okay. No, you're crazy for picking Kyrie at the same place you pick Giannis. 
for a team? If I'm building a team, Giannis might be my fourth pick. Like, okay. I mean, I I'm just I, I I value Kyrie Irving. I value what he brings to a team. Well, you what what does he bring to a team? Well, you know what? Above all, also you know he's a closer at least. He's a closer. Okay, he's a very closer, consistent scoring, you, so great free throw shooter. You can always put him on the line if you need him. If you need the ball in his hands, it's, you know someone's getting fouled. That which I think is overlooked. Can I can I say something about Kyrie? Sure. What does he do best? What does Kyrie do best? One thing that he does best. What is he best at? Above all, just he's score. a great scorer. Yeah. That's yeah. what he is. It's eleventh in scoring in the NBA. If what you're best at, you're not even at the top ten in. I'd say and no, that's... also out of those scores, he's the least efficient scorer in the top thirteen. The least efficient. How do you have these numbers in front of you? <laughs> I looked it up, man. Get off my back. <laughs> no, and, that's good. I mean... And out of all of those scores. <laughs> He has the lowest assist rate of any. That that's that's the thing that I think really. Any score in the yeah. top twenty. No, that's the thing that I think really hurts him is he's not he's not a point guard. Okay, yeah. but do you understand? He has, like, what what is what what? Okay, sorry, I missed Anthony Davis. I missed Anthony Davis. But after Anthony Davis, he has the lowest assist rate in the top. I just think there's some intangibles the there to having to having Kyrie on the floor in the final two minutes. I, I don't know. I just like okay, but we're talking. I'm biased about over, here. I know that. We're talking, and about, I know I just got roasted with great stats. <laughs> but I'm just I don't know. Like I I think we're talking about overall skill set though. Yeah, great. He's a great finisher, but can he even take you to the end of a game? Like, well, then you could put that in the other hand though. Like, what yeah, about so Westbrook? He, he does all the game. intangibles, but he doesn't close for you. Like we learned okay, that in the playoffs Westbrook's last year. Westbrook's a better passer, better rebounder, better defender, and he actually no, scores yeah, more uh, than uh, him. I would so. take I would take Westbrook over him, but I would would you take like Kyrie over someone like Paul George? I personally, I'm a big believer in wings that can play defense. I don't think you can. Really, so is Jimmy Butler your next guy? I Paul George is nine for me. And then it gets honestly, I take Clay Thompson over Kyrie Irving. I would too. I think Clay Thompson is is actually I, he's very the underrated. Third. He's the yeah. He I think if Clay Thompson is given his own team, honestly, he's a top five perimeter defender in the NBA. Or no, close, he he is close a lockdown defender. defender. He's an yeah. elite defender. And there's nobody. I I I don't think there's anybody in the NBA. This is a bit of a hot take that I would that I would least want to get hot against my team. Absolutely, I agree. He is. Literally ridiculous. I can't even put into words when he's hot. It's unbelievable because he releases that ball the so quickly and he can shoot it The only thing that scares me more than like a super hot Klay Thompson is LeBron James. You know when he gets just locked in when he's just when he just starts manhandling people for all forty eight minutes. That's the only thing that scares me more. I think that's less scary because you can just foul him. Yeah. Like, like because Thompson me, is just raining threes. He hits four right. in a row, and you're down. You were just down by four, and you're down by 16, I, 20. I, I, like, I get like, that. I'm not going to argue that. So for me, I think right there, that's you even just said you'd take Clay over I would take Clay Kyrie. over Kyrie, yeah. So that's nine. I'm just saying. I, I So that's nine. And then I think I have a good <laughs> argument for – I think I then have a good argument for Paul George. I think I also have – I'd say Kyrie over Paul George. Paul George is a far that. superior defender and ju- honestly pretty close to as good of a scorer and yeah. he's a better rebounder and he can guard four positions. Kyrie can barely guard one. Kyrie has his moments. <laughs> Kyrie's good at stealing. Great at stealing. Okay, we've gotten way off track. Yeah, we have. Aiden, you win. And then that's just that's just 10 that I would just feel simple. But then you could also get into Carl Anthony Towns, I think is up there. 
because also partially just because of age and how good he is already. Jimmy Butler's up there when he's, I mean, he's had a couple of different injuries this year, but when he's playing great, I think he's, he's still a 25 points per game score 24, which is honestly what Kyrie has been his entire career. And Jimmy Butler's an elite defender. So then that to me pushes Kyrie to 13. I don't know, Michael. Uh, well, as I was just saying to Matt and Matt brought up with me, I'm looking at it too situationally. I think I'm looking very specifically. I th- I think I I put him above thirteen for sure. I probably he's still probably we just the, 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 ed, the edge of my top ten. But well, no, because like I didn't agree with you on a couple of those. Okay, Jimmy Butler. You agreed I, with me on nine of them. I did. Yeah, like yeah. he didn't even. Yeah. So that's ten, and then I think I have a very solid argument you do. for you another do. Yeah. three yeah. or four players. Yeah, you do. So I I, th- I think you 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 pretty much won this argument. I think he's in the ten. But, I think I think you can argue that. Like, have a great argument for anywhere from 10 to 14 for Kyrie. I think you have a good argument to put him at any one of those slots. I think 14 is a shaky argument. And then I, I do think 10 is a decently solid argument, but uh, he's fine. He's a good player. <laughs> Kyrie Irving's a good player, and we'll be right back. Over the break, uh, he's still going. Over the break, <laughs> Dang, it's so late though. All right, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'll Over the up. break, Aiden and I got into a heated debate about Kyrie Irving, stemming from the last discussion. We are going to put that behind us. Um, it came to blows. Um, <laughs> anyway, we're going to finish this up real quick. Um, we've got a couple more topics to go and then probably by the next episode, we'll be looking at, you know, we'll be looking at trade deadline stuff and hopefully there's enough to carry us through an episode of that. And then, uh, you know, after that, then it really starts getting down to, uh, seed battles. So Aiden, uh, you wanted to talk about Jason Kidd. He got fired. He got fired. We talked a little bit about this before the episode. The Bucks have not been the Bucks that I hoped they would be that I, I'm, I'm always playing the Bucks up and yes Giannis may still be an MVP one day probably not this season but you know we'll see but the Bucks as a team certainly have not come close to you know that three four seed kind of play that I thought they were and you're right they've just plateaued they they haven't gotten better that's why Jason K got fired I, I'm saddened by this. <laughs> I, I thought the Bucks were that next up-and-coming team. I thought they were the, the Timberwolves of the East. Um, and I, I'd agree with you. I, I definitely thought that they were going to have big things coming. Um, but I, I think you can't really... It's it's hard to like come up with excuses when you're the 8th seed with the 6th, 7th, or 8th best player. I mean, wherever you want, you want to put Giannis in the NBA. like You can't be the 8th seed. They're only a game better than the Pistons. They're only three games better than the Knicks. Like, I mean, I don't know who they're going to have as an interim. Um, I think their coaching search next year like, will be highly sought after. I think a lot of coaches will come out of the woodwork to, to try and get that job because of how good Giannis can be. Um, but they have to be better than eight. They just do. And, I mean, it sucks for Jason Kidd, but um, you have to be better than eight. And I know that there was that report of Giannis – really tried to he said he would call ownership to try and stop it from happening but 
I mean, at a certain point, you have to win. Props to the Bucks, though, I think, for at least realizing that, that eight isn't good enough at this point and that a change needs to be made. Because, um, I mean, I think they pretty easily could have just, you know, said, oh, we're still young. You know, yeah, we're still growing. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of uh, in-season coaching changes unless it's, like, things are falling apart yeah. and, like, players are, like, not showing up to practice or something like that. Um, I mean, I think they should have... I, I kind of feel like they should have let him play out. Maybe they can recover and get like a five seed. I mean, they're still only three games out of the five seed. But, um, I mean, I think I do get that if you're going to do it at the end of the season and you know that, then you might as well do it now. But still, I think if they had recovered, you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of in-season coaching changes. What about you, Matt? No, I'd agree with that. Um, but, but like you said, it's just it was time for a change with them. I mean, do we have the overall record on that? I know I had the alert up earlier, but... Oh, Jason Kidd's yeah, overall? Yeah, Jason Kidd's overall record. I think record it was like that. 139 and <coughs> yeah, 152, I'm... I think it was. Uh, was it that bad? It was It was pretty bad. It was a little ways below 500, yeah. Oh, yeah. man. I mean, you knew the change would happen. Um, honestly, I, I thought that they would stick it out through this season still. I didn't, I didn't know if it would be this early, but I mean, like you said, it, it had to be made. It's going to happen eventually, so I mean, might as well pull the plug now. Do you think yeah. he'll get hired? I don't um, know. I mean... Because he seemed say. like such a promising young coach. It when seems he first. Kind of, to me, granted, I'm not the expert on this. I'm not an insider. I don't know what I'm talking about in this instance. But it seems kind of like he was a players coach and very well liked by the players, but maybe not so necessarily the greatest actual coach in terms of yeah. rotation and decision making and, and plays. And so I, I feel like he might become like the Jeff Fisher of the NBA. Like he's very well liked. All the players like him. Ownership likes him. You know, I don't. But maybe he just is a 500 coach, and maybe that's just what he is. But I, I don't know. I mean, he's still what he's been head coach for what four or five years, yeah. something like that. He'll get another opportunity somewhere, but yeah, maybe maybe a year off and then, yeah. and then another job. I don't know. A trade to fix the Cavs. Um, I said this before the show. I would love because he I, and I got this update on my phone as soon as. He said he wanted to be traded or would be open to being traded. Kemba Walker to the Cavs, I think. Did he actually say he wanted to be? I thought I don't think that he it said was, he wanted to be, but I think, I think it was just a report that they're trade like that they're that he's on the trade block. That that I thought it was that, that he was open Charlotte, to being traded. I think it's Charlotte's open to trading him. Okay. That I mean, makes I'm a sure, little more sense. I'm sure he's open to being traded. I mean, who wants to be on the eighteen and twenty six Charlotte team? But I mean, I don't I'm not gonna speak for the guy. I don't know. Yeah. Um that's one that caught my attention because a lot of the names being thrown around. Somebody said something about Lou Williams, um, which that would be so interesting how that would fit. Like, it, would, that, I mean, that's not the first thing I would have mentioned. How is that different than J.R. Smith, though? No, that's fair. That's a, that's the thing. If you Except got, JR, if you I mean, placed well, J.R. Smith yeah. is playing like trash this season. Yeah. That's yeah. the difference. J.R. Smith's a better defender. That gives you another like you, they need. I feel like another thing they need is just like that offensive another offense like a guy that you can truly rely on and Lou Williams would be that offensively like I feel like still JR and these guys are still so inconsistent I mean mean? you can't there's no universe that you can play any combination Mm. of Lou Will D Rose and and Isaiah and and Isaiah together like so I mean that's three of your guards that you physically cannot play together and I don't think they're bad NBA players but I think J.R. Smith needs to go Tristan Thompson needs to go Derrick Rose needs to go there's a lot of uh, clearing house that needs to happen so, because the Cavs are carrying a bit of dead weight. So we talked about this a tiny bit before the show. 
you th- I don't see how you can have Kemba and Isaiah on the same team. And what I, I think Isaiah would have to, which would suck and would be sad. But I think Isaiah, ha- if you're going to trade for a, a all star caliber point guard, Isaiah has to be in that trade. You're going to have to give him up, yeah. Because also, I don't see how you get Kemba without giving up the Brooklyn pick, which you're not doing that for Kemba, who's a free agent. I'm pretty sure after this year. Oh, is he? Yeah. Okay. I mean, Isaiah is. No, I don't. Also, I don't think so. they're touching the Brooklyn pick anyway. And I mean, if you're the Hornets and you're trying to rebuild and train an all-star caliber player, are you really doing that for J.R. Smith and Tristan Thompson? No. So I, yeah, Isaiah, that's a good point. It's somebody that I think would fix the Cavs right now, but I, mean, I, I don't think it'll happen. Do you? If if Charlotte calls you and says Isaiah and Tristan, I mean, I don't know how the money would work out. Yes, I don't know how much you're yeah. doing that for Kemba. Yeah, is he a good enough shooter? If it's, though, if it's a to rent, he does not. Warriors. He doesn't have to be. I also read that uh, you guys are going after. Um, what was it? It was uh, George Hill. I saw that too. I would like that. That'd be okay. But then oh, again, so many backup past their prime guards. But I mean, I mean, I think he's. I think he's a below average starting point guard in the NBA. No, he's, he's pretty good. Yeah, he's a no, solid. No, no, that, that, I wouldn't be opposed to that. But I mean, but, but, but then again, I don't see how Isaiah and him can play together. And he's not worth you, giving are, up Isaiah. Are you starting George Hill in this situation? Or are you p- picking him up to have a good bench piece? I'm picking him up to have a good bench piece. Yeah. Or I'm starting whoever plays better and the other one's coming off the bench. Because what I said to you before, and this, uh, this is a little different than... Well, what I was going to say two seconds ago was that I think an expiring contract-wise, I'd take Kemba Walker with the hope he resigns over Isaiah Thomas. Um, He's younger. Yeah. That, that, that's another big thing. But what I was going to say to you before was that I think it's less about, oh, is he going to start? It's just about rotations. If you can find a way to make them work, and I don't think Lou is capable of that, but whatever. Um, <laughs> if you can find a way to make the rotations work and you have two really good guards, I mean, it's two really good guards. I mean, I'm not going to say no to that. So I think... If they're okay with you know th- this whole coming off the bench thing, I mean for me when I mean who cares? I mean for me I I mean like I don't think they can play together in terms of the rotation, like not necessarily coming off the bench, but like you I don't mean, think they can rotate in a way that they can be on the same on the floor together ever. Isaiah Thomas and Kemba Walker could not be on the floor okay. at the same time. I agree with that. Um, so it it could be tricky. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. You could run the smallest lineup in NBA and Isaiah, history, and I think I mean Isaiah and George Hill maybe could be on the floor at the same time, but I don't think that'd work really well because what you would then have to do is turn George Hill into a spot up corner shooter, which that's not what he's best at. No. Um. So anyway, to to wrap this up, of those possibility with trades, looking at rotations and stuff, I think I think it's a really not, it's not a splash or anything, but I, I would about, take George Hill. How do you feel about the the idea of DeAndre Jordan? Oh, I hate it. I don't yeah. like that at I all. I hate that, yeah. I hate that for the Cavs. I like that for a lot of other teams. Why Why do you hate that for the Cavs? Because Tristan Thompson is is not... We talked about this in a previous episode. The Cavs are not a team that can afford to have a guy just suck up the middle. Yeah. You need that wide open when LeBron James is on the floor and on your team. And DeAndre Jordan absolutely wipes that out. Yeah. I mean, he is a better defender than Tristan Thompson is, though. He's more of a force, and he's more of a physical presence. I mean, he's he's honestly he's what Tristan Thompson is, just better. I mean, bigger too, isn't he? Yeah, he's much bigger. Yeah, he's like two, three inches and a couple of pounds, like like ten, twenty pounds bigger. Yeah, I mean, I I, DeAndre Jordan is a far better player than Tristan Thompson. I think Tristan Thompson is a good player, and I don't think either of them are good pieces for the Cavs simply because 
the position they are and the person they're supposed to be in the NBA is an absolute detriment to a LeBron James team. Yeah. Or what if you did Tristan and J.R. Smith for DeAndre Jordan? I mean, how do you feel about that? I just don't want DeAndre Jordan on the Cavs. All right. I mean, but he's an improvement over J.R. Smith. I mean, over Tristan Thompson. Yeah, he is an improvement over Tristan Thompson. But I think the improvement that you need over Tristan Thompson is a different player. Yeah, it's not another of that position. Yeah. It's not someone better at Tristan Thompson's work. Mm -hmm. So I agree. So anyway, um, so this has been, uh, wow, this we talked a lot in this podcast. That's good. That's good. I feel um, like I talked a lot. It, you had a lot of scenarios and a lot of uh, striking arguments. <laughs> um, we will be back uh, around the trade deadline. I can't wait to see what happens uh, around the NBA, and then from there on, it'll be pretty much the uh, the home stretch towards the NBA playoffs. So uh, we'll be back for Aiden and Matt. I'm Michael Higgins. This is the Most NBA Podcast.